I'm Ben Racky, and this is the Rangers of Motion podcast. Jake, uh, just uh, give us give us your give us your background. Yeah, um, so I'm a a basketball guy. I played high school. I wanted to play college. Did not play. I had patellar uh, tendinopathy bad for uh, two three years. Um, then I got into strength conditioning, like powerlifting, bodybuilding. Became a strength coach, college strength coach. Started an online business, uh, and then slowly realized that my effect at the college world are probably if it would college pro any high level, your effect as a strength coach is pretty small. And there's a lot of stupid things that go on. Um, so I gave up on that and I made bad money. So now I just do online business for training and, and it's specifically it's like uh, muscle gain, uh, vertical jump and uh, knee pain. So those are the things that I really care about. Nice. Um, did you play, did you play sports like when you were younger too? Like yeah, were, but I hated everything, man. I hated every oh, sport shit. actually. Um, okay. I, I was, a, I'm a, I'm a middle of seven kids and I was just really small, really short always. Uh, I didn't hit my girls for, I sucked at every sport. So it's like, that's why I hated everything. I hated I go play baseball in the springtime. I hated that. Go play basketball. I hated that. Um, everything I hated. And then I hit my growth spurt. I started lifting weights. And then I finally like saw some gains so that I'm like, all right, let's go. I love basketball now. And even then my senior year, I could just shoot three pointers. That was about it. But, um, yeah, I played, I played a lot and you have so many siblings. So you, so you, you play a lot of sports with them or you go on the trampoline or you play, you know, you just, you just get this volume of activity, uh, being a child. And I think that has a huge payoff later in life. Um, it's just looking back that competitive, competitive sports i hated them because i sucked <laughs> yeah yeah 100 percent. i uh i can kind of relate but uh what, like when so i mean you talked about you talked about training so like what when did you start when did you actually start like lifting weights and like getting into like weight room stuff i mean obviously like most people it's like whatever freshman year of high school or something like that yeah i don't think it was even freshman because we had a little weight room in our my school my, my school was 15 kids in my class so it was a really small school uh, northern wisconsin yeah so like nothing nothing there there's no football team it's just basically you play basketball that's the sport that you play um and then i think my, before my senior year i i kind of just i don't know where that came from i was just like you know what i don't want to suck at basketball anymore and my way out of it was weights like i kept getting those east bay magazines and they had that jump attack program so i yes. bought that tim grover jump attack program i think it was like 30 bucks uh and then i got I got the program and I realized you got to have weights. So then I went to like play it against sports, bought all these weights. And my dad took his truck out and uh, got a barbell and a bench and all. So I, I had that, I ran through that and it saw some gains from it. I guess anyone will see gains if they just start lifting. But a lot of it for me was probably like this confirmation bias of I put work in. So now I deserve a result, you know, and that was a strong enough placebo effect for me to actually get, um, I mean, and added the newbie gains, but feel like I deserved better than better performance than I had before. So, um, yeah, it was the year before my senior year, I started lifting and then, um, whatever played the year, I got this girlfriend and I just changed my whole life to be about her. Um, <laughs> and then that didn't work out. And then for like in college for like two years, I was like, still, I was really, really tough to get over that, but, uh, I didn't really lift much. And then 
I, I kind of started getting back into it because I had knee issues. I kind of started getting back into it. And then it was like, I was just like, I'm just going to get big as possible. I'm just going to get strong. I don't care about basketball anymore. Um, and then I got that job at Youngstown and I started training vertical jump again. So it's kind of like everything. I mean, the bodybuilding, the powerlifting, the, the vertical jump training, I'm kind of putting it all together. But then, then you see kind of the knee issues come up. Cause if you're, if you're a jumper, you're someone that's really tendon heavy on something like the anterior knee, you're going to start to get knee issues, especially if you're a heavier guy. So, right. um, it's kind of been like all the things I specialize in now, I, I specialize in them because I used to suck really bad at them. And that's the right. only way I really know about them. So if someone comes to me and is like, Hey, but elbow tendinopathy, it's like, I don't know. I don't right. golf. I don't play tennis. I don't, I can't really help you. I can yeah. help you enough. I, I can look online and use general concepts of recovery of any rehab any any injury area and help you but i'm not going to be specialized enough with it but also let me let me cover this that that if you if i'm looking at patellar tendinopathy and all the stuff i post is really in-depth but dude i would probably say 80 percent of people they get better with the basic stuff like they don't even need they don't even need to know the angle of a leg extension they don't even need a leg extension they're so poor at some other area that's so obvious if you're like a power lifter, if you're a big lifter guy and you get patellar tendinopathy because you went and you tried jumping or something, it's like, all right, I bet you your ankles have no development whatsoever because all you right. do is lift heavy. Right. And if you're a basketball guy and you get patellar tendinopathy, you never touch weights. It's like, well, I bet you that you need to get some muscle strength back in your quads, muscle strength maybe back in your calves. But it's like the most basic things are going to work. Um, it's just for myself, it's been a chronic thing off and on, off and on, off and on. So it's like, let's, it helps me figure out all of the little things that could happen for probably those 20% of people that have a case that's very difficult. But in general, people heal, people heal from their injuries and they get better. Um, it's just, I, I, I specialize so much because it's like the cases that are really extreme or the cases that keep coming up, keep coming up, keep coming, they just ruin your life. You can't play basketball. You can't jump anymore. So um, that's more what I'm passionate about. Right. And I mean, that's what you're into. So like, I think it, when you were talking about the basics, I, 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 I know you mentioned at one point on a podcast or somewhere I was listening to you talk uh, about you doing some stuff with the swimmers at Young Sound. And like, I remember reaching out to you and saying something about like, you know, Hey, I've got these, this group of swimmers or whatever, these high school swimmers. And like, what was funny is like, you were just like, just do like, you know, basic weight room shit with them and maybe some like simple plyos. And literally I did that. And all their parents were coming back to me, like, Oh, they're chopping time off their, you know, off their, off, at their meets, oh, yeah. like they're chopping time off their, you know, whatever. Like, I'm not a big, you know, I don't know shit about swimming. I didn't swim, but like, I did have a parent ask me at one point, like, Hey, like, you know, what's, what like sports specific things are you going to be doing with? And I'm like, well, we don't have a pool. So like, I don't know. And I was like, I'm not a swim coach. Like I know nothing about, you know, like swimming and swim technique or any kind of shit like that. So it's like, um, you know, I, try to do my due diligence to try to like learn a little bit, but like just getting those kids strong, like a little bit stronger, like they've never, they had never been exposed to like any kind of strength training or any kind of like, you know, stimulus like that had a huge, you know, made a huge difference. And it's like the, the lowest hanging fruit was just like making them a little bit stronger. Like it wasn't like rocket science. So like, I mean, the yeah. same thing can be said for like some of the, some of the knee tendinopathy stuff and you know, again, with my experience, it's like, kind of like you said, it's like, you know, if you got a power lifter guy who goes and tries to jump, it's like, dude, you haven't done any kind of, you know, like ply, no plyometrics at all. Like no extensive plyos, like no ankle stuff, like 
nothing at all. Like powerlifters don't do fucking calf raises or anterior tibialis shit. You know what I'm saying? Or single leg stands or ISOs. So anyway, what's what's the? I, I guess I kind of wanted to get into like your your experience at the at the college level, like and uh, in, in, in the college setting and like. I remember hearing you talk about like sport coaches, athletic trainers and stuff like that. Like what, what, what was, what was that, what was that experience like, you know, being, being in a situation where you kind of felt like, you know, again, like you said, like maybe some of the things that you're doing or maybe that some of the things that they are wanting you to do are not making a fucking difference whatsoever. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And that's, I mean, Oh, and that's a frustration because, um, like if you're, if you're part of a program, it's weird, man. If you're an athletic trainer, like even having those specialties of an an athletic trainer for the basketball team or a strength coach for the basketball team, it's like, you might not even, your, your job isn't based on wins and losses. Whereas the coaches, coaches are fired. If the coaches lose, they're fired. Um, you're, you should do what you can to help them the win, the win and loss records, just the athletic, the strength coach, the athletic trainer, but that's not really how they think because everyone's so specialized. They're all in the different domains. Um, and the frustration, uh, it's just, it's just, you're so you do your own thing. And the sport coach is like, Oh, we have a specialist for this. We have the strength coach. If we don't look strong in the game, strength coach, what are you doing? You know, or like, we don't look conditioned strength coach. What are you doing? That's your job. It's like, just, just the incompetence. It's, it, it is stupid. If you're, if you're a head coach of a sport and you don't know anything about, um, physiology, like how does that pass? How does it make any sense? You don't, you, um, so this whole, yeah. So, so really, I guess when I went in, it was like, you go and you play the part of the strength coach. Everyone gets bigger, stronger, faster. Everyone needs to get faster. It's like speed kills, you know, every, every single athlete, it's like these, uh, they, our ideas are isolated ideas of like isolated physical measures, isolated physical performance. What do they transfer in a team sport, like a basketball sport, like basketball or sport, like football, like they're so individual and all the cases are so different. Um, And I think one thing you get get in trouble with is when you start to take the opinions of athletes and use them, where if you'll like do some training with someone and then ask an athlete, like, well, Hey, what do you think of this? So like, I thought it was great. Yeah. And then like you ask another athlete, it's like, I think that I don't know the point of this. This is stupid. You know, and they're, they're the same exact athlete. So you, I think it's very important to get on the same page with athletes so that they understand the benefit of the stuff. Like, but there's no way you do that. If you're training a team of 20 or 30 kids, there is no way that you would say that you're explaining things to them and they understand the benefit as it relates to sports. And they really understand that they're not just regurgitating what you told them that the benefit is. Right. Um, so when you train an entire team, it's just like, I basically over time just gave up. Like, I don't care right. your opinions. I don't care. I'm going to hopefully make sure that the majority of the kids coming in, uh, I'm giving them what they kind of expect from a strength and conditioning coach. But what I'm doing is I'm just playing the role of the strength and conditioning coach. You guys come in, you expect me to be jacked. You expect me to, you, you expect me to make you hurt and burn and, and lift heavy or something like that. And it's not about improving your sport performance. <laughs> it's no, about it's me fitting in the role of the strength coach. And I did it for years, man. I did it for many years. And it, over time, it's like, all right, I, I don't get paid enough for this. If I got paid more, I wouldn't care. Don't get paid enough for this. And there's too many headaches. So I, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, it's kind of that like mental toughness thing. And like, that's one of the, that's one of the notes that I, that I made on here that like, I kind of wanted to, that I kind of wanted to hit on. I mean, like you, you grew up 
playing sports, like, you know, how many of the sport coaches that you had, like when you were whatever doing sprints or doing conditioning shit, like, you know, if your hands are down on your knees, you know, you're, you're weak, you're, you're showing weakness, like the other team. And then you look at still shots of Michael Jordan in the middle of games, like with his hands on his knees. And I'm sure you saw that study that came out whenever it was a couple of years ago about whatever the, the women's soccer team that they studied, like how you recover better on your knees, like makes more, makes sense. Like your diaphragm is more relaxed, whatever the, whatever the study ended up saying. It's like, but like, I mean, even, you know, I'm not in the, I'm not in the college setting, but like even in the private setting, you know, I overhear some of these, like, you know, baseball coaches and like these people that come into our facility that are, you know, using the space on the other side of the facility, you know, talking to kids about like, you know, their whatever mental toughness when they're making them run, you know, 300 yard shuttles. And it's like, okay, well, this kid's a fucking football player. So like, why the fuck are you doing this? Like, what's the, what's the point? Like, and I'm sure I, I, I feel like, I don't know, man. It's like, are we, are we getting, are we getting kids ready to play like a game or are we getting, getting them ready for, you know, like to go over and like be in the military and like (laughs) kill people. Like, and it's, it's it's, it's fitting the role too. It's because if, if you have a kid that's been brainwashed to think that, you need to do non-specific conditioning. That's not going to help your sport. Non-specific stuff, and then we say it's for mental toughness. Whereas there's no measuring stick for mental toughness. Right. There's no possible way you can say this kid is now mentally tougher year to year. There's no. There's. There's not. Give me some. Give me a sheet of paper that has some data that says that. There, there's nothing you can say on that. Um, and and the, but the kids are brainwashed. All the athletes are brainwashed because they've had so many coaches like that. So if, for example, let's say you go take over for that athlete who has been destroyed with conditioning. And you might explain to him the, the reason why he doesn't need to do that. He's still going to feel like he's a little, he's missing out a little bit. Yeah. He's going right. to be like looking over like, I, but those other kids are getting, getting killed and getting the mental toughness stuff. And we're not doing that. You know? So it's, it's like, because, and, and this is, I'm at fault for this. You're probably at fault for this. You cannot explain it well enough to this kid for them to understand. So you just give him a little bit of what he wants. But if you could explain it, if you could explain it good enough, it would sell it to that kid. And they'd be like, wow, that is really stupid. Why did I ever do that in the first place? And you might say, oh, he's like a 16 year old kid. He might understand. But like, dude, if you could explain it well enough and I can't explain it well enough, if you could explain it well enough, you would not have to fit into the role and you wouldn't have to do a session with a kid. And let's say it's 60 minutes and you're giving him 20 minutes of stuff that you don't believe in because he kind of wants to do it. Um, if you could explain it well enough, you wouldn't have to do that 20 minutes of stuff. You could do a 40 minute session be like, all right, kid, I'll see you later. Um, I'm talking about this as like the best case scenario because I've never reached a person on that level to be like, let's, let's look at for, sorry, for example, I had no. uh, Max Marzo strong, my science on yeah, my, yeah, pod, yeah. my podcast yeah, yeah. and he was talking about that basketball guy he trains and he doesn't do any upper body. And like, how many kids could you get away with saying that? You know, like we don't need to train upper body. If you're training at a basketball player, that's, that's <laughs> let's say a shooting guard or something like that. Cause they might go to the strength coach and be like, all right, let's get big. You know, I want my bench press up. I want my biceps bigger. And it's like, all right, what's the goal here? Goal be better at basketball. And then if, if you're really about being better at basketball, you're probably not going to do that stuff. If that doesn't fit into that position. Now, if right. the kid says, I just want big biceps and it's like, okay, that's fair. I'll give you big Alan. biceps. Right. But if you're going to be like, if you're going to be like, just doing stuff to fit this role of the strength coach. Um, man, like, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? You know, if you're doing that, what are you doing? And, and I think, I think, I think it's just really, it's not, it is not rewarding to do that year after year after year. Um, 
and and you see so much of that in the field no yeah i mean that's i, I think it's i think it's a huge problem i think it's a huge pro- i mean i think i think like there's i think there's probably and you know i'm seeing like high school sport coaches and you know youth sport coaches like uh being guilty for it or, or being guilty of it, you know, and like, obviously there's strength and conditioning professionals that are guilty of it too. It's like, you know, Dude, just this, you, you know what, but you, sorry, you know why, no, why, go. why it keeps staying is because the coaches will win and it's, and sure. it's survivorship bias because <laughs> let's take one coach. Let's take a conference. The coach that won the conference in any sport, right. there's 10 right. teams. The one coach that won is they'll, they'll think they, they might, they might say it. They went, we did all this mental toughness stuff. I gave them pregame <laughs> speeches. I did, you know, we did this conditioning program. Yeah. Um, we really got these kids mentally tougher and that's why we won. And that's one team out of 10. Someone posted this meme uh, yesterday, I think of that girl screaming. And then the cat that's at the table, like doing something. And yeah. the girl screaming was like, we won the, we won the national national championship and we did mental toughness stuff. And <laughs> the cat at the table was like, so did all the other teams that went zero and 10. Literally. So it is, it, yeah. it's, it's survivorship bias that you're going to say, you're going to say we are successful because we did all this stuff was well, like, let's look at the other 400 teams and see how many of them did the same stuff. Because I bet you the majority of those teams did the same exact stuff and they didn't win like you won. So why did they win? Probably because of recruiting. Cause you had, you had better athletes than them. That's, that's the, that's the variable that makes you win. So, so this is where I go when you're training athletes of like, get out of their way. Just, just let, let, if you did, if you did, if it's college, you did a good job of recruiting, which as a strength coach, you have nothing to do with recruiting. You can talk to the kids, but that's not, that's not going to do anything for them to come to you uh, or come to your school. Uh, it's probably a history of winning is why they would want to come to your school. But the, that if you can do the job of recruiting and then you have some really gifted athletes, it's like, what you should do is manage their fatigue make sure that they're not like, yeah, make sure they're not too fatigued so that they're more likely to get injured or they're slower or whatever. Um, and just give them a little bit of strength work, a little bit of speed work, a little yeah. bit of power, a little bit of conditioning, but just let them develop on their own. Like kind of just, just get out of the way and let them be gifted athletes like the way that they are. Um, but we don't look at it that way, dude. The crazy thing is if you, if you stepped in the weight room right now with Steph Curry and you're going to train Steph Curry, you are not going to be all in his face and everything. You're probably going to be Fuck like, Hey no. Steph, what do you want to do today? What have you yep. seen helps you? What do you, you know? And that's how you're going to exactly. treat it. But if you get a, if you get a kid that's like not like that and they want to be, they're not like the crazy gifted athletes. Like you're going to take complete ownership over everything in that kid's program and be like, no, you suck at everything. Here's what you have to do. Um, and uh, I guess that that might work depending on how bad the kid is at, at being an athlete. But right. it's like, why, why such a different approach? Someone who's at the world-class level and someone who sucks so bad. And like, the kid who's at the world-class level has lasted in sport his entire life. The kid who sucks really bad is probably going to quit sports anyways because he sucks right. so bad. And you are not going to change his mind of like, you could be so much better. The kid's going to figure it out for himself. You know, let, let him come to his own conclusion. So I think it's, you should probably on both ends of the spectrum or with all athletes is probably like facilitate a little bit more, leave it a little bit more open for them. Um, but now, as I say this, it can't be, it can't be universal because you'll have athletes who step in the weight room and don't want to think for one second about anything and be like, just give me the workout plan. I want to go lift. Sure. You know, I trust you to know what you're doing. Give me the workout plan. Let's go lift. Right. Um, but, uh, well, yeah. and maybe for, and maybe, but maybe, and maybe for like, you know, for, you know, younger, younger athletes, like kids that have never been in the weight room before, that's, that makes more sense. But like, as, as you get, you know, you know, you get higher level D one athletes and, you know, professional athletes. It's like, 
you know, those guys have been, those guys have been around. And like a lot of them, when you talk to them, once they do get into the, once they do get into, you know, professional sports, they're like, yeah, like a lot of that shit in college, like made me feel like shit. Like <laughs> I, I didn't like, I didn't like the way I didn't like the cleans or I didn't like this. I didn't like that hurt my wrist, hurt my back, hurt my shoulder, you know, whatever it was like. And the other thing that, so, I mean, I, I think you, I think you, you, you would agree with like younger athletes and like maybe athletes that are maybe already like, we'll just say a basketball player. Like he's already relatively elastic. Like he's, you know, he can, and, and his, his basketball skills are like good. Like, yeah, maybe some weight room stuff will help him. But like you've said it before, like if you suck at the sport, if you suck at basketball or you suck at football, it's like, you need to like practice at that, like, and get better at doing that. And like, yeah, maybe like a little bit of weight room stuff will help, but like just doing nothing but weight room shit and you suck at basketball and you can't shoot, like you got to, to the other team has to score more than the other team to win the game and basketball. So it's like, you have to, you have to practice the skill of the game as well. Yeah. And like one of the things we were talking, one of the things you were saying, like Austin, you had Austin on your podcast, Austin, uh, I can't pronounce Yoko. his like, uh, yes. Yoko. Like he said that they put those little, uh, whatever, uh, tracking like devices on the players or whatever. And they were running 16 miles at practice or something like that. And they were like, Oh, what's why, 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 why are people getting hurt? Well, maybe because you're not fucking managing fatigue, like at all. <laughs> like you just like could use your brain a little bit. What do we need to add in? No, like maybe you should fucking take something away. It's like almost all the time, like with, even with these, even with these high school kids that we see, it's like, you know, I hear like the shit that they're doing and, practice and then like they go compete on the weekends like these vol these volleyball girls at these big tournaments and stuff like that and they get hurt it's like and i like i said I, you, you hear the shit that they're doing in practice and like all these you know basically all this just all this running <laughs> like just all this all, all this all this running volume it's like yeah no wonder you're fucking hurt like you need to just go home and like eat peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and like take a nap like you don't even you don't even need to come to the weight room like if, yeah. if this is if this is if this is what's going on, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I, I don't know. I just think that's I, I, the, and again, like, it's not just sport coaches. I'm, 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 I'm not because they're strength and conditioning coaches that are doing this shit too. Like not, not just, not just in the college setting, but like privately as well. Like I, I, w there's literally some around here that like the kids go to the training session. Like there's no thought process. There's no thought process put it put into to like what, you know, there's no assessment with the kid. There's no process of like, you know, and again, assessments don't tell everything, Jake, I'm not saying that, but just like, there's no thought process into like the training at all. It's literally just throw shit at a wall till it sticks and just fucking make them like sweaty and really tired. And, you know, posting pictures of kids in the pew bucket. It's like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, you know, this kid's not only this kid coming to you doing this kind of shit, but then they're going to practice later and doing the same kind of shit. And then they're going and playing on the weekends. Like they fucking get hurt. Like these, you know, whatever silly, like overuse injury type of things or like they're whatever the fuck, like non-contact ACLs or whatever. Like I'm not, I, again, injuries are multifactorial. I completely understand that, but I feel like fatigue has a giant role in a lot of this shit, man. Yeah. So. Yeah. And then, and then, well, I mean, we can talk about this and, and the, there are many other like people in the, in the uh, strength world or sport world that will talk about this, like the, the role fatigue has and the, all the factors that can go into an injury, but no one wants to see that. Like no one cares. That's not attractive. So what, what's going to connect? Like we can say, dude, we are saying what we're saying here is pretty, is very objectively. I think 
for someone to try to refute what we're saying, um, they would have a hard time refuting it. We could, we could back it up very easily because fatigue, just killing an athlete. There's a lot of downside to that. There's a lot of chance that they are going to perform slower and that they are probably going to get injured because when you just take a human body and you fatigue it with crazy amounts of volume or, or lack of sleep or whatever it is, um, it just doesn't function the same. And you, right. you play a little bit slower, your control, your like unconscious control of, let's say your the stiffness around your joints when your foot hits the ground, like everything is going to be a little bit slower because your body's off and you just fatigue right. someone. Um, and we can say this and agree with this, but kids aren't going to, kids aren't going to know this. This is, this is not general knowledge. Nope. And what is general knowledge though, is people who would be like, Oh, have you seen uh, knees over toes guy? Have you seen Goda? Have you seen, because they offer simple solutions and, and people are attracted to simple solutions. Um, <laughs> so that's what they're more going to gravitate towards is something that is very, very simple. And whenever anyone says injuries are multifactorial, no one really cares. And they're just going to block it off and they're, they're going to forget exactly what they heard. Cause it's not really attractive to talk about injuries being multifactorial. They want to say, Oh, you hurt your ACL. Let's bring in this ACL company to prevent ACLs. There we go. We paid 10,000 bucks. We're good. Um, whereas if you had a conversation like, well, there are many factors. Maybe we should talk to them about sleep and talk to them about nutrition. Um, and then not just because we talked to them about it, but they're not just going to take what we said and now listen and go sleep 10 hours a night. Um, it's like they're, the hands are tied of like, our hands are tied of like, we can't really get through to people. Um, and it's not, it's, it, it, it's not common knowledge. What is common knowledge is the stupid stuff that is very simple. Um, that doesn't account for all the cases. Um, yeah. And so I mean, it's kind of, it's, it, it's, it's enjoy. It's, it's cool to like talk about it and be like, the world is kind of messed up. The sport world is kind of messed up and then make the impact that you can make with a small group of athletes that you train, or if I train a small group of athletes that I, but it's like, this stuff is still going to go on. And the reason it still goes on and it's never going to change. I don't think it's ever going to change is because the coaches that are doing that stuff will get an athlete that's going to go pro. And that validates their training methods <laughs> that validates Bro, their training methods for the last shit. decade and for whatever they want to do for the rest of time, because they had an athlete go pro. Well, and there's like these, yeah, there's these places even around here that have like been open for, you know, for years and, you know, like the, whatever they trained, whatever this professional athlete, this professional athlete, or like they had this person in their facility or whatever, they take a fucking picture with them and they put it on Instagram and it lives there forever. And they just fucking reshare it every year. Like anytime that athlete has like any kind of success, they're fucking reposting it and resharing it. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> look what we did with this person. Like, dude, but they're you, not, you know they're not a professional, they're, they're not a professional athlete because of you. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, and I, I sometimes use kind of marketing things like that myself. And I'm like, but I don't, don't think get... it's, 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 it's my job. If I'm, if I'm putting an information, if I'm putting out information, it's not my job to make sure that it's, that I'm accounting for all of the factors that could have went into why this person was successful. I'm just putting sure. out a piece of content sure. and it's the, it's the people out there in the world, the 7 billion people that have so many cognitive biases that they're unaware of that they're going to be like, Oh, he trained with this. I got to go train there. Right. It's like people just, just across the board, I don't know if this is all domains or maybe it's just the athletic performance world. Um, they're critical. They don't have critical thinking skills to Bingo. say, to say that. So when they get marketed to, they take the marketing as truth and they're like, Oh, I got I gotta go to this person. Whereas it's like marketing and truth are pretty much opposites most of the time. Um, so if, if you could think a little bit deeper and be like, all right, let's look at what exactly they're doing be a little bit more skeptical, uh, be a little bit more pragmatic. Uh, but it's, it's not a thing. So, when, when people market in that way, it's like, I guess we can, 
most people who can think will be like, come on, man. Like, you know that, but right. they're doing it because they want to make money and I can't 100%. really blame them. <laughs> I no, can't really no, blame I mean, them. yeah, for sure. Well, like, uh, again, I've worked with like some guys that, you know, are, you know, that are whatever good athletes and, you know, playing whatever division one sports and stuff like that. And like, yeah, like I'll, and if like, if, if they accomplish something like on the field, like, you know, I'll typically like share it, but like, I'm not, you're, you're never going to catch me saying like, you know, I'm the reason this fucking get like, get the fuck out of here. Like he's, he was already, <laughs> he was already a freak before. Or, you, he, or you'll so. say like, it, it's all, it was only a matter of time. It finally paid off for this guy or something. And it's like, dude, guess what? Everyone is working hard. No, everyone dude, this, was working hard. Yeah. And this kid literally his senior year of high school made a diving one-handed catch number one on sports center top like get the fuck out of here like i, I didn't do that like i i wasn't even working with him at that point you know what i'm saying it's like but like and like i i play college football so i mean i played i played with a couple guys that like got nfl tryouts and shit like that and like they were just naturally fucking gifted like they were naturally strong like i mean they just any any stimulus and that's the other thing too with like with younger kids and like high school athletes or even like college basketball athletes that like you they come into college and they've never fucking done any kind of training strength training before in their lives or like their training age is so low it's like anything you do is gonna work <laughs> like any any kind of any kind of any kind of strength training regimen or routine that you do is probably gonna cause some pretty decent adaptations it's like it doesn't have to be so i don't know i just i and i mean go, going back to like the 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 weight room like uh, the and injuries being multifactorial and stuff like that like how many times when when you were at youngstown did kids come in like in a morning lifting session like you could still smell the alcohol in their breath <laughs> like, Dude, bro, like, here's the thing, you've been here's out partying you've been out partying all night you didn't sleep like you, you yeah the, the, the most you sleep in a in a in a in a night during the week is maybe fucking like five hours like you're not even getting close to like hitting these hitting these like sleep targets that you potentially need to hit just to just to like be an optimal human yeah i and i felt like this though like the whole the whole sleep thing um i uh, probably like acutely has an impact, but you know what I felt like is if these kids went and slept four hours, they're just going to make up for it with taking a nap. You know, they're, they're going to, their body's going to find a way to make up for it. Yeah. Um, but I not going to like dismiss tracking sleep because it's like, well, the body figured out because I, I, that probably is important. And I guess there are athletes who might have jobs and stuff, so they can't catch up on the sleep. Sure. But, um, yeah, it's like the, the, I just felt like, it goes back to educating them. I did say that educate on sleep and nutrition and most of that is a complete waste of time. Most of the time, most <laughs> of the time for sure, like, man. Yeah. You can't just tell some, you can't just tell someone, Hey, make sure you sleep in eight hours a night. All right. I'll see you. We'll see you next month. You know, good luck. Yeah. Make that. sure. Yeah. And make sure your plate looks like this at most of your meals. It's like, Oh right. man, if they, if they don't want to do it, don't, Um, so they just don't want to do it. So just leave them. Alone. <laughs> and then you yeah. have, man, you just have people, you just have people who can succeed in spite of that stuff. And how do you know, how do you know that you need, you need X amount of sleep? You need X amount of this or X amount of that? Like, what if, 
What if you got eight hours of sleep, but you missed out on a party that your friends all threw, and now you're you kind of feel regretful the next day because you missed out on the party? And it's like the 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 when you put the when you factor the brain into things, it's like how do you know how, what's going on in someone's brain and how that's impacting how they feel on a day to day basis? Instead, right. you just go to like, well, make sure you're doing this with your lifestyle. Make sure you, uh, man. Like pe- people are so messed up, especially athletes and probably athletes with like social media and stuff. Like if they have a bad game that could impact them for like weeks, you, you don't know, or they could have a bad game. It doesn't affect them at all. Um, there's, there's, it's just so overwhelming to deal with so many people. And that's why when you, when you train so many at a time, I don't think you're going to make too much progress with uh, that given person year to year. hundred percent. Well, and I mean, we, when you talk about like, uh, you know, psychology and stuff like that, it's like even with athletes specifically, like, you know, on, on Fridays, we do like the fun Friday, you know? So like, instead of more of a structured warm up, they just play spike ball or they play handball or they play whatever the fuck, you know, like some, some kind of fun game. And again, this is more of a, I guess I would need Clay sitting here to like, actually tell me like, if this is true or not, but like, just anecdotally speaking, like, I feel like our kids, like, most of the time, if they test their like jump or whatever, like on the jump mat, like after they play, like it's always on Fridays when they're PRing, always. Like it's always when they're just having more fun and they're just like, you know, in more of a like sport dynamic kind of a competitive type of environment. So, I mean, I just think there, I think there's, I think there's something to that, man. Like, I think uh, it's, yeah, I think there's, that- there's, there's just so much more to, 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 to athletic performance and athletic development and stuff like that than just all right like get stronger you know this linear based whatever fucking program like that you're gonna do um you know it's just it, there, there's a lot more to it than than just that <laughs> um, or just like or again yeah. like whatever like you're whatever this but, is how your plate should look and this sleep yeah, yeah. this many hours and stuff the, like that. dude so like yeah the, the, if, you're, if you're taking athlete like if you're if your goal is to like increase the the jump um it, if your goal is to increase the jump, you're probably going to look at it from that like structural standpoint or that neurological standpoint, which is, which is right because you have to develop the structures of the quads and the glutes. And then you have to develop the nervous system so that it's like a forceful, powerful, fast nervous system. Um, and then your training goes to like the ice, all the isolated weight room stuff, but you can get a performance gain. If you stimulate other areas of the brain, like your visual system and your vestibular system, system, You you can get, you can get a performance increase. So like, if you hit a 30, 30 inch jump after doing all of the warm up for the structures of the nervous system, you get a 30, 30 PR jump and then you go play spike ball for 20 minutes. Then you come back, you hit 31. And it's like, well, what happened? You know, it's like, um, and that's what I used to explain it, but who really knows, who really knows what's going on. And, and I think, so we talk about how pain and performance or like rehab and performance or health and performance are not really the same thing, but like there are a lot of commonalities between the two. And uh, when I went out, I went out to San Diego and met up with this guy at S10 Fitness and I had patellofemoral pain and he had me just do a bunch of things. He spent like one hour actually doing like some, some manual work, um, some visual work, some all this stuff. And then I, I do a re- reverse lunge and tell him my pain score. And it was always like a five out of 10, you know, just maybe it wasn't a five, maybe it was like a four Whatever. reverse lunge, four out of 10, because it just pulls your rec, your rec fem is pulling rec on fem, your knee. Right. It just, it just feels like a lot of, a lot of pressure on the, on the front of my knee when I get, so I kept doing that. Nothing really worked. Mine, and then does, we did the a, we did a Z. Mine does the same exact thing. Yeah. 
we did a uh, Z Health. There's this, there's this company called Z Health, and yeah. they have a lot of visual stuff. So like when your eyes look down, it tells you to flex. When your eyes look up, it tells you to extend. So he had me stare at the wall and look down at something and then go down to the lunge and then put my eyes up and then stand up. And after like 45 minutes or an hour of stuff that nothing decreased pain at all, I did that and my pain was a zero out of 10. Just by moving my eyes down and then moving my eyes up. And it's like, it's like, a, it's like a little voodoo trick and, and people will be like, oh, cool. Like anything can decrease pain. Well, no, nothing was working to decrease pain for me. That was the one thing that worked. And when you work one-on-one with someone, you can just try a billion different things. Right. But what that, what that kind of gives you is like, you have, you have performance potential in you or you have the ability to perform within you. And if you can stimulate the brain a little bit more with whatever you need at the time, you're going to perform better. Um, so when you, when it, when we talk about like the benefits of games or like games can be so powerful to, it's like, well, you think like, why, why did we ever lose that? Why did, why did kids start showing up to the weight room session? And it's like, all right, get on the line, dynamic warm up 10 minutes. Then we'll do some central nervous system, 10 minutes. Then we'll do this 10 minutes. Then we'll do some lifting and then we'll do some conditioning. And then you can go home. And it's like, and the whole time spent, the strength coach is just being a fucking dick, like yeah. just being an asshole. And you, and like, you spent the whole session, you spent the whole session being the strength and conditioning coach, but you're, you didn't cover any other aspects of performance. But I, I think also going back to mental toughness and, and we're saying like, you can't, there's no measuring stick for mental toughness. There's right. also no measuring stick for vestibular system engagement or visual system engagement you know there's, there's no measuring stick for that stuff but if you do that stuff and it improves the performance within the isolated physical stuff then why would you not be doing it and 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 it kind of draws some 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 similarities there to say oh that thing works to increase this like maybe we should do this stuff more right switching gears a little bit i know you i know you said that you you were first kind of getting like tendon stuff in high school like when you were jumping is that right? Uh, no, it was, uh, okay. It was, I, it was right after high school. school. So I, I got a vertical jump program. It was called, it was Luke Lowry. I don't know if you're familiar with Luke Lowry. Like there was a lot of, there was a, there was a lot of jump guys like Jacob Hiller. Are you familiar with these guys? I, they, they sound familiar. Okay. I mean, like, um, I, I, well, back I, in the, back in the day, it was like, it was like East Bay magazine, slam magazine. I, would get I know slam about off, East and Bay then, and slam. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, Jacob I remember Hiller, seeing the advertisements. I don't know the yeah. names. Jacob Hiller had jump manual, which is like really popular still is. And he's, he's found a way to like be on multiple websites and there's all these affiliate marketing people that do jump manual. So I'm pretty sure Jacob Hiller makes a ton of money and he doesn't do anything because he has it set up like Google, like he owns Google. If you type, if you go vertical jump, like jump manual is going to be one of those come up or there's like Boeing verts and there's all these other programs, but Luke Lowry had a program and it was like 500 bucks, crazy amount. And he ended up like kind of screwing over one of my buddies because he scammed people and like kept taking their money. Um, but then later on in college, after my, after my freshman year of college, I got his jump program and I ran through it and it was all plyometrics, like barely any lifting, all plyometric based. And I like, after two months, I think it was in the summer. Cause I wanted to play basketball my next year. Um, I dunked it finally, but then I had patellar tendinopathy that lasted for like two or three years, <laughs> uh, after his jump program. Um, so yeah, it was, it wasn't until college that I developed the patellar tendinopathy and it was after a plyometric based, um, uh, jump program with just a crazy amount of jump volume. So that's what, so that's what got you inter- interested in like knee tendon health and knee health. Well, yeah, that, but then it's also the process because I, I got it. Um, and then I went to the doctor because my mom is a nurse. So like anything that ever went wrong, my mom would take to the doctor immediately. Um, Mom's a so nurse like she, too, man. Same. She, she took me yep. in, 
uh i think they do an x-ray what's the point like you're not gonna so they did an (laughs) x-ray maybe you could find maybe you could find calcification if you had that but i don't think calcification of the patellar tendon is very common i think it's it's a lot more common in the quadriceps tendon or the achilles um so like you're not really going to see that if you you get there's no point so anyway well i guess there is a point to an x-ray because i might have had like a patella fracture or something i could have had something really bad so but i think the patella fractures happen and people who will have like low bone mineral density and like are not eating enough food. So you could think of like, I, I, I immediately think of like female athletes who have sure. some eating disorder or something and they don't right. eat enough food, low bone mineral density. They can actually get a fracture in their patella. And I don't think it is from a lot of force. I think it can just happen like stepping off a curb, but maybe it's like an older population as well. So sure. anyways, and then it was, they told me, rest for three months because the college is going to take three months to come over. Just rest. Don't play basketball for three months. So I rested. I didn't train. I didn't train lower body I didn't do anything, just upper body. Yeah. I hated it so much. And then always at like the two month mark, I'd go back to playing basketball and my knee was no better. It just hurt just as bad. So then they put me to PT and it was like the PT was really low stimulus stuff. And it probably would now for other, now I, I don't know. I don't know actually, because really low stimulus, like eccentric type training, Although if you look at the research on eccentric type training, they kind of push through pain, like a five out of 10 pain is what your goal is with each exercise. It's crazy. Like you want to push through extreme pain every time. That doesn't make any sense to me. And um, so I was doing stuff like that, not really pushing through extreme pain, but like doing that probably clamshells, like hamstring work, just low level stuff. And that didn't work. Then I got surgery and I rested just, just, I'm like, I got surgery. Everything's better. I'm just going to chill. And then it was like the whole rehab process was so extended because I rested for so long. And then PT again, did not work. Knee still hurt. And then I started uh, Bulgarian squatting. I squatted every single day um, to a max. So like my max initially, I think at the time I was deadlifting like 400 pounds and my deadlift was like 225 or my squat was 225 because I never squatted. I never wanted to load my knees. I was so afraid. I just loaded my hips. So 225 squat to the workout was come in. It's like a back squat, high bar. I was doing two, warm up, hit a 225, do a drop down set of three, drop down set of five, come back tomorrow, same thing, come back tomorrow, same thing. Sometimes if you had it in, you do a two day session. So it's like Bulgarian. It's like the someone's makeup of the Bulgarian method. Right. Um, and my squat went to like 365, I think. And after like two months, no patellar tendon pain, completely gone. I, I went to the court and I threw down like a standing, standing dunk and I had never done that before. It was crazy. Oh, shit. Uh, and yeah, so anyways, that was that was the initial process. And then I got hired at Youngstown. I got I kind of just gave up on basketball anyway, still because I like I got so into bodybuilding. I'm like, I just want to get huge. I don't even care about jumping or basketball. Then I got hired at Youngstown and started jumping again. And then it was like learning the whole changes in load thing. Cause I like I started jumping all the time and my patella kind of blew up again, my right side. And now and now over the last year was like left left side flares up. So Um, But I mean, for you, but I mean, for you, like, I mean, you, you, you weren't doing any knee bending. So again, like you, that was that novel, that novelty and like that, you know, you gaining some, whatever, like some strength in your quads and maybe having a little bit more force output. Maybe that was the reason why you like were able, is that the first, so like, could you dunk in high school or was that like your first dunk? Like, no, I don't think I ever, I don't, I don't, I never dunk in high school. And that was like the goal. It was so weird. It's like, if I can increase my vertical jump, if I can dunk, I will be such a better basketball player. That's what I thought. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> no, now they're all commonalities. If you're someone who can jump, if you're someone who can jump high, you're a great athlete. 
Like you were going to be an explosive athlete, jumping, sprinting, change of direction. Those are all good. They all, they all have similarities. So um, I guess it wasn't completely misguided to say, if I jump higher, I'm going to be so much better. If I jump higher, better athleticism comes along with that. For sure. Um, It's going to be so much more explosive. So yeah, it wasn't until the year after uh, high school, after I did that jump program that I got my first dunk. And then that tendinopathy blew up. And then I didn't, I don't think I dunked again for like three years. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) wow. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So at that time, at that time, were you, I, I know you, I know you trained under Cal. How was, how was that experience? I wanted to, I wanted to talk, talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So like I, I entered in Minnesota and, um, uh, initially actually, cause I read his book, read his book and that was pretty cool because I, I started experimenting with some of that stuff and right. it, I mean, it worked, but again, novelty. And then I go there right. and they're just doing these workouts that they made no sense. Like the way they run stuff there is, is different. If you ever go and visit uh, Mariucci, you'll be like, what is going on here? Like, it does not look like strength conditioning because the way he sets it up is like the French contrast method. And then you have uh, maybe like a neck exercise, an ankle exercise. So people are always moving around the weight room. Everything is in, everything is in blocks. They do like a five second day, a seven second day, a 10 second day. Uh, so every set is only five seconds or it's seven seconds or it's 10 seconds. So like all these kind of, I guess you would say advanced, more advanced concepts. Sure. Uh, so really, really like did not like it at first for like a month or two. And then I kind of got to understand what they were doing. And then I just became Cal junior for the next two years. I just did exactly what Cal did. And when we talk about people not being able to critically think that's who I was because anything I ever did, I'd be like, well, well, Cal does it at Minnesota and Cal's one of the best strength coaches in the world. So don't question me. And, um, yeah. yeah, So, uh, that's, it, it was a great experience, but, and, and, I, I could say, I wish they would have taught critical thinking. No, like that's something you got to figure out for yourself. You come intern 100%. here. It's not, it's not their job to be like, you need to critically think about what you're seeing here and how it can fit. You know? So um, it just took me, took me enough time, but I think you, you still get a lot of kids like that where they're, you're, it is so cool to see how they do things and how much science and whatever they put into it. And then you're going to leave and you're going to want to do exactly what they did. (laughs) Right. And uh, I've run into, uh, I think I've run into two cases, maybe three cases of that, of kids who have interned there and they leave. And it's like everything, any, everything anyone else does in the strength world is garbage because they're not doing what Cal does. And that's what these kids believe. And it's like, man, you you guys, no, Um, (laughs) but great, great experience because, because they, I mean, they do great experience to go through yeah. that and then become Cal junior for two years and then come out of it and be like, wow. Like pe- people would say like, how was your training changed in the last year after that or something? And it's like, it's completely changed. Like the way that I, the way that I look at everything has completely changed. I might do things very similar, but, but like I, the way I used to look at it and the way I used to justify it, it's like, I'm done with that. Cause that's so wrong to justify things that way by saying just expert opinion. Well, this expert does it and they win. So I'm going to go do this. You know? Yeah. Well, and I feel like, I don't know, man, for me, just for me personally, like every year or year and a half or whatever, like I find myself like looking back on things and like kind of doing the same thing, like where I'm like, that was just like, like whatever, like confirmation bias, because this person's a person of authority, like what, and like, I've changed my opinion on so many things, you know, in the last, you know six years like since I've been coaching it's like five years whatever it's been like 
I don't know, man. And, and, and like that, and and I don't know. I just I, I feel like definitely as you get older, I guess, or like as more time goes on, I guess if you stay in the if you stay in the field, like you get, I don't know, you you, you start to maybe critically think more or like get better at it. Um, yeah, at I least that's how I feel myself. Yeah, like yeah. at least that's how I feel myself because like every every year, year and a half, whatever ish that goes by, like I look back on things and I'm like, even like like when I moved back from Florida, I deleted a bunch of old posts and I was like looking at them and I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, these are trash. Like, this is so stupid. Like, and, and like, even that, like I have an ebook on my, that I wrote like a couple years ago, uh, that I have on my, uh, on my Instagram and like the program itself, like is like, yeah, whatever. It's just a, whatever, normal, basic, you know, 12 week program. It's, you know, nothing special, but it's like a nice little, nice little, like, for just a normal gym goer that like wants to see some gains, you know, and like wants to actually like progress, but like there's like this warm up protocol and like all this like shit that like all this text that I wrote that I'm like, I don't, I don't even believe in this anymore. Like, I don't even like, this is, this is silly. Like, so like, <laughs> here you go. You guys, like, if you want to, if you want to try this, it's nine ninety nine. like Jesus yeah. Christ, you know what I mean? So I don't know. Uh, yeah. The, I look at man. I look back at my first articles I wrote. And I'm like, what was I th- like? And it took me months to write, but I'm like, these aren't garbage. Like I just started, I just started with this premise and I'm like, I'm going to go find research to justify this premise. And then I, then I took me two months to write and I'm like, looking back, it's like, oh, I was so just so off base with it. But, um, dude, I think when you look, when you look year after year, it's like, it's, I, I hope this, ha- I would hope this happens to most people. You just get better explanations for why you do things. And, and you start to, and if you, if you ever use, but I think if you ever use someone's expert authority or opinion on something and you're like, that's why we do this. And, and sometimes I do that with maybe like patellar tendon stuff because there's just not specific information, but I'll be like, well, Joe Cook said this and whatever. It's just a quote that Jill said, not saying it's gospel, but it's like, that's a quote that she said. And now we can look at the research, maybe, maybe go for it, go against it. And over time, been able to talk to enough people where it's like, there's been so many people refuting what everyone else is saying in the tender world. But anyways, going back to training athletes is if I think we can say coach to coach that if you have an athlete, a pro athlete training facility, you take a photo and then you keep resharing it, whatever that's stupid coach to coach. We're going to be like this. Come on. Like, this is the terrible explanation for your gym that your gym is not successful because of this guy. You don't do good stuff that you can't justify your, 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 your methods because of this guy. Coach to coach, it's stupid. But if you're talking athlete to athlete, you do whatever you can to get them sell, sold on anything. So if you're going to say, if they're going to say, hey, why am I doing this? Uh, why am I doing this eight by five? And you're going to say, well, it's half the half the reps. So you can, you can reserve energy and then you can like not have as much lactate. It's not as much damaging, you know, all these scientific explanations. Or you could say, hey, athlete, look at this dude. He's jacked. He does it. And then that's enough. That's what they need. And it's do done. Want, so I think, I do you think, want, do you want glazy pumps? Like <laughs> I think getting, dude, I think getting, I think having the separation of, are you, are you talking to a colleague? Because if you're talking to a colleague, then let's try to get good explanations for things. But if you, are you talking to an athlete and you just want them to do the thing, then you could probably just sell them any, any way you want. Be like, Hey, why do I need to do delt raises? It's like, Hey, look at this photo of Dwight Howard. Yeah. You're a post yeah. player in basketball. You see this? All right. We're doing yeah. delt raises. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, um, speaking, yeah. well, I, well, I mean, even I, I mean, I do a, a, a decent amount of general fitness clients too. And it's like, it's the same thing, man. It's like, I'm, I'm going to talk to them the way, you know, 
in, in their language, you know, like earlier on, like in my coaching career, like coaching or training, you know, adult fitness clients, like I'm trying to like, like I could used to catch myself, like trying to wow them with like whatever fucking I was reading in my NSCA, NSCA textbook. Like, <laughs> like, this is so stupid. Like, why am I talking to this person about actinomycin? Like they don't, they don't care about this. Like they just want to, they want to be toned, bro. Like <laughs> they just want to, they just want to, they just want to lose their belly fat. Like shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so I, I feel like we, we definitely have a lot of like commonalities as far as like both love pickup. We both like to dunk, even though I can't dunk. Um, what, and we both like being jacked. What, what do you, what do you, do, do you like, cause like, this is, the, this is the tough balance. Like we were talking about this a little bit off air. Like, you know, I'm probably for myself, like being uh, a little bit lighter <laughs> would help me be a little bit more uh, aerodynamic <laughs> potentially and uh, help my bounce a little bit. But by the same token, like I also like to lift heavy every week and uh, get pumps every single week and like be fairly jacked. So like, do you enjoy lifting and being jacked or dunking and like hooping more? Or do you like your, yeah. do you like where you're at now? Do you like the blend? I yeah, mean, the, well, obviously the blend, go, the blend is like what the, the blend is what I want personally. Like, but I, I don't know. I guess if you had to choose one, which one would you, which one would you pick? Both. <laughs> but it's been, it's been, yeah. it's been both extremes. So like, it's been both extremes because if I don't have the opportunity to play, I might just lift. I might just lift. That's all I do. And then if I have the opportunity to play like this last summer, I played like three, four days a week and I had no time to lift and no energy to lift. Cause I was just beat up from it. Um, right. And I, and I think, yeah, you just and I think energy system wise too. Like any any energy system you train, you get so much better at that. So like with basketball, a short burst and then like aerobic, short burst aerobic. But you get in and you're trying to get big. It's like glycolytic all the time, glycolytic, sure. glycolytic. So like you play a ton of basketball and then you go into like a pump session. Not and you, I, I'll say even days later, it's like you don't even have that. It doesn't feel like the same pump. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't feel that right. way like it used to because you do, you're spending so much of your time in that like aerobic or, or ATP, like very fast and then resting very fast resting. Um, whereas I, I, that's just something I, maybe it's eating too. Maybe you just got to eat more carbs, who knows? But, um, yeah. I, I, I think a mix of both, but I think anyway, going back to like me and you probably like wide ISAs, they'd say like wide For cages, sure. wider yes. people. Um, yeah. there are these, there are these jump communities or jump coaches out there and part of the reason why when you use um <laughs> part of the reason when you use uh like the world's best in whatever or the best jumpers in the world none of them are freaking wide dudes not a single like they're all narrow guys they're all skinny guys and their technique their technique is cr like they have so much rotation with their technique it's crazy but if you ever take a wide guy there's hardly any rotation we're like a block of wood so for for the jump coach to say for them to say, let's, and this was something in Fergus Connolly's book, Game Changer. He said, copy, copy the function, not the form. Copy the function, not the form. And these jump guys, though, they copy the form. And they say, look at John Morant jump. And, and what is the, there's a function within his form, but we're just looking at the form. 
And then we're saying everyone else should should kind of try to mirror this jump. And it's like, we are not built that way. They're we can copy the function, which type, the, yeah. the function would probably be, if you're trying to run up and get maximal, maximize your vertical jump, is to stay, keep the center of mass a little bit lower, um, just carry that horizontal speed into a vertical jump. And you can look at the block foot. Um, you can maybe look at the penultimate, stuff like that. But also, But you mainly have to account for someone's individual build. And... Um, individual build, individual injury history. Um, so it's like, if you copy the form and you just say, John Morant jumps this way, Vince Carter jumps this way, everyone should try to co- jump like this. That, that is idiotic to, to, to try to copy that. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I look like a refrigerator, like when I'm trying to, when I'm trying to dunk, if I'm, if I'm being honest, but like, <laughs> it was one of the, th- that was one, that was one of the things that like the interns were asking, saying something to me about yesterday. And I said, I went on a little tangent and like said something about like wide ISAs versus narrow ISAs. And I was like, think of every like super explosive dunker in the NBA. Like what do they all have in common? Like they're all like tall, lean, wiry, narrow rib cages, like literally every single one. I mean, it's, or they, or for example, they might not even jump that high. They just are tall and they have big reach well yeah yeah Yeah. i mean like watching and they got a lot of hand speed so they can do it between the legs they got a lot of hand speed so they can do some crazy trick dunk you know yeah yeah for sure well and i mean again that's like this obviously there's like skill to but dude i think sorry going on back on this you were not built to be a jumper i was not built to be a jumper bro i played offensive offensive line (laughs) for 13 years bro i was a tackle in college i was a 200 i was a 245 pound division three tackle yeah so it's like if the technique world, the whole world of technique is like, and especially jump technique is like, there are a lot of people in the jump world now who were not built to jump. They might've just saw some cool video when they were a kid and they, they got inspired by a dunker. And now they're like, you know what? I want to start dunking. And it's like, you could have a conversation with that kid right away and be like, dude, you were built, you were built like a fridge. Like you, you are not a dunker. You're not right. meant to be doing this. You can yeah. probably, you can't do the tricks that John Morant can do. You can probably stand on there and do some power dunks. You'd probably be a good power dunker. But if you have to rotate your body and do any of these things that these, these narrow guys can do and, and rotate as well as they can, you're not going to do it. So you're not built for it. But um, th- that, is the, that is such an issue when you take the form of someone that is at a, at a world-class level and then you say, let's copy the form um, because we're not built like that guy. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like I, like I told when I was in Florida, I was doing like so much meathead like training and like no basketball and like even in the gym like the plyometric training that I was doing wasn't it was more just like to get my nervous system going for like my big lift like it was it had nothing to do with like all right like I want this to carry over like to whatever dunking or you know like actual you know whatever like athletic stuff you know what I'm saying so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, I definitely feel like I've trained myself into like even more of a like less rotational person, like, or it, I was at one point, you know, now I'm trying to do more, um, you know, more stuff that like carries over to dunking. And like, uh, I, then again, obviously like this weekend, like actually trying to go and just like, <laughs> lower the rim to nine foot and just like practice, you know, practice dunking. So, I mean, whatever, like, I just think, Again, it just depends on, it depends and, on the person. You know? And like, you know what? Like, if you don't do it consistently enough, you're just going to lose. Everything you gain pro- in, a rotation, yeah. in a rotation sense, you're just going to lose because you're not built for it. So your body is going to be like, how old are you now? 27. 
you're 27. That's like, it's going to be like, you were this way for 26 years and you spent one year rotating and now you stopped. <laughs> we're going to go back to how you were 26 yeah, years. Ex you know? Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, um, uh, and, and if I did tell you, like, you just got to go jump more, dunk more. It's like, now you're just going to blow up your knees. So it's the, like, <laughs> which uh, money? Yeah. My knees are, yeah. Little, they're a little, they're a little bit sore. I just, yeah. So I'm it's, not going to lie. It's, it's a, it's a, man, it is a completely different balance. Like you, you go to these, you go to these like LA fitness lifetime, whatever. And you see these guys who are just wiry and just like, you could probably like put your hands around the rib cage. Cause they're so like tiny and around um, the waist, bro. Literally. And, I had a client, yeah, I, had a, and, I had a kid, I had a high school kid in Florida, but who was whatever, six, four, six, five, real wiry, you know, he, he, like his dunks look effortless. His dunks look all, all very smooth. Like literally <laughs> I could put my hands around his waist. Like, this. yeah, like that's how, that's how small his waist was. And I don't have big hands. I got the like little Burger King baby. Dude. Hands, so. But now, sorry, now that I think about it, I wonder how much of this would be body weight too, because the, like you should, you should start looking at vertical jump with just physics because of, of gravity pulling you down. You have to put a force on the ground to elevate against gravity. And if you weigh less, you're going to, it's going to be a lot easier. You can apply sure. force faster. You don't have to apply as much force. Um, so everything is going for you when you take body weight away. So I actually wonder if the wide ISAs, those guys are usually, if they're like 225 pounds and the narrow guys are like a buck 75, I wonder if that wide guy got just cut, just cut like crazy. And if he could have a similar vertical jump, he wouldn't rotate like the other guy, but I wonder if he could have a similar vertical jump to that guy's level just by cutting all that excess body weight. Um, well, I mean, I, well, I mean, well, I mean, you look at guys, you look at, I, I mean, if you could like, if we compare John ja Morant to like, um, who's that defensive end for the Browns? The dude who Miles was Garrett. Just, yeah, like Miles yeah. Garrett. Like even Miles Garrett. Like I mean, he's a he's a giant human, and like definitely got he's definitely got springs and got hops. But like his dunks look more like whatever. Like our dunks would look like if we were fucking his size and his athleticism. You know what I'm saying? Like more. Uh, whatever like however it's you want like to clunky dunk, yeah. blocky yeah like just yeah like i'm just gonna throw it down on your face like Shaq. you know what i'm saying like his dunks more, look more like that versus like you know john morant's like flying in the fucking air like and doing crazy <laughs> shit like you know spinning around between the legs you know so yeah i don't know it's kind of wild yeah but um <clears throat> So I, I saw a post, I saw a post this morning from these, uh, like functional patterns people or like this guy, I don't know. Are you familiar with that stuff? The not the naughty guy. I have no idea what his name is, but dude, functional was, patterns. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about like, I don't know. He was saying some crazy shit about females. Like just really, I just want like, what, what is your, like with this, with the go to stuff and like this kind of like where where is all this shit coming from like what what is, and like i mean for go to like i mean again i guess there's like again you i think you said this actually on a podcast at one point like yeah if you have a female basketball player or female athlete in general like and they do a, a a depth drop or something like that and their fucking knees collapse like yeah like they're just they're just weak as a kitten like they just need to get <laughs> like they just need to get a little stronger. they can be yeah or they or they have really wide hips and they just built like that sure girls sure. girls can be built like that never never have an ACL tear at least for 20 years. And they land with this crazy, what looks like valgus, but it might not be if their feet are not, if their tibias are not externally rotated. It's sure, not as much. Like my wife had both did both of her ACLs and like her, I, I think her first one was non-contact too, but her, her running college was non-contact. And like the, the summer before, like she did no lifting, 
like and like in general she like in college but like for the most part like she did no lifting like whatsoever and again i'm not saying that like if she would have lifted that you know whatever but like some quad strength and maybe some glute and hip strength probably would have helped and some hamstring strength like that probably would have you know probably would have helped a little bit um obviously obviously for like women there's a lot there's a lot going on but Just talking about like that, that kind of, that kind of stuff. What do you, what, what's your, what's your take? Oh, uh, um, it is, I mean, it is a, it is a, so yeah, it's, um, there are <laughs> hundreds, probably thousands of factors that go into an ACL tear right. and the, the biomechanics in the moment of the, the injury is one thing, but if it's like Goda, you're looking at that one thing. You're looking at that one variable out of the thousands. Right. Yeah. And that's it. And yeah. you, you don't talk about anything else. So it's like you're, you're changing your entire training pattern over this. Or, or you could even look at just the naturalistic fallacy of like, look at the way this gorilla moves or this salamander moves. And, we're here, and it's like, come on. Like if you want to use a naturalistic fallacy like that, then let's stop driving cars. Because <laughs> right. we, we, you know, or don't go on planes. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's just filled. I think all the, it's just filled with cognitive biases. And if you did have a uh, talk with these people, you should be able to quickly refute what they're saying and, and then see them resort to some naturalistic fallacy or confirmation bias or expert opinion or what they've seen in their practice, which you can't really use any of that. If we're, if we're attempting to have a more scientific debate. Right. hundred percent. So I miss the good old days, man. I miss the I miss the Jason Genova Uncle Rich days on uh, on YouTube. When uh, when did you when did you get into when did you get into those guys? Just uh, grad grad school. I I think Al, Alan Aragon, who was a nutrition guy, he yep. posted a Jason Genova video, and then I watched it, and then I was like, "What is going on with this guy?" So I started watching. I watched like all his videos. So man, hopefully uh, hopefully I'm going out there soon, and we'll we're gonna recreate a Jason Genova video and get get the men's back. Yeah, dude, I can't wait. We're uh, we're super excited for that. Um, <laughs> all right, last last couple of things. What what do you what do you like most about being in the fitness and strength and conditioning industry? Oh, um, you can you you can just feel superior to everyone because you're jacked, <laughs> <laughs> and you can look at you can look at anyone and be like, can that guy dunk a basketball? I don't think he can dunk a basketball. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, no, it's not hot, baby. Um, no, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's honestly like the insecurities, the insecurities that we probably all grew up with. Um, and then, and then I was was that kid. Yes. We trained, we trained out of them. Um, if we, if we had lost our physical abilities or physical looks, we would be just as insecure, but we didn't. So, uh, we can put a bandaid over our insecurities. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. No, I was, uh, I was, uh, yeah, that, that, I was a chubby kid growing up. So yeah, that's yeah, good answer. <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you dislike most? Oh, Ooh. probably some of the uh, stuff we talked, probably some of the stuff rough. we talked about. Well, I, it, kind of, but at the same time, like 
can't really blame people because they have their own motives, which might be money, or they might just honestly not realize that. Actually, I I don't think it's really ethical. And that's why I don't really go that route of like, that's also not me just to go straight marketing and be like, Hey, here's my exercises. And they're the best thing for your knees in the entire world. Like that's not ethical. You're making a lot of money and it's, it's not in an ethical way. It's going to help a lot of people. Yes. It will definitely help a lot of people, but there's a lot of people that it will not help. So, um, I, but I don't dislike that. I, I don't, I don't think that that's a problem. I think if I did have a problem with that, it would just be jealousy. It would be jealousy because they're making a lot more money. Um, so what I, what I dislike the most, um, I guess I don't, I don't dislike anything, man. I don't mind it. I don't mind any of it. And a lot of it is just a joke to me anyways. Right. I need to get my pink. Okay. Sounds good. All right, bro. I, uh, I really appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks yeah. for your time. It was fun, man. Yep. Absolutely.